Hey, you're listening to Quad Dot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. You got it. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is Season 13, Episode 267, titled, The Guardians of the Universe, Phase 3. This is actually a part of the December series that we call Thursdays in December. The subtitle, Obedient People Who Secured the Birth of Christ. And today we're talking about Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. This Christmas miniseries, Thursdays in December, The Guardians of the Universe, is a look at Christmas from a slightly different angle than normal. It's a highlight of the people that God used to guard, to secure. In essence, if you want to say to chaperone the coming of the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world to this planet, their obedience to the commands of God impacted the entire universe. Their reach to the universe was total. To have a full understanding of the situation, you need to be sure and listen to episode 263, phase one, which was launched just this past December 1, that introduced the series and the overall setting of the story, which impacts every phase of the journey to bring the Christ child safely to this world. All of eternity was riding on his arrival. My friend, do you realize that? Do you get that in your mind, that all of eternity was riding on his arrival, and any glitch in his birth and development would have been irrecoverable catastrophe for the human race. The supernatural realm was boiling over with divine intervention in the course of human history, which was played out through the lives of ordinary people. This should encourage you. It was like a tidal wave rolling in, crashing in. This is wave three, phase three. It's Joseph, the earthly father of the Messiah, He had a series of visitations from God through the avenue of dreams that were integral to the birth and immediate physical protection of the Messiah. Reading in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. The birth of Jesus Christ came about in this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. And the way I'm going to approach this is take this bit by bit and talk about what we're reading here. Joseph was a righteous man. In the Greek, the word righteous here is dikaios, and it pertains to being in accordance with high standards of rectitude, upright, just, fair, pertaining to being in accordance with what God requires. He was righteous. He was just. Here, it's with a connotation of merciful. Joseph's life honored God's law, which also impacted for good in the way he interacted with his fellow man. Joseph was a gracious man. Picking up in verse 20, it says, But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Here we have the first dream appearance, number one. It was prophetic fulfillment, pronouncement, and divine revelation. It can be inferred from verses 18 and 20 that Joseph first found out that Mary was pregnant from the Holy Spirit from Mary herself. The divine revelation that brings confirmation of her story in peace with instructions to not fear and to take Mary as his wife and to name the child Jesus All are a part of his first angelic visitation. The miracle beyond the message itself was the method in which it was delivered. 
a real angel of the Lord invaded Joseph's dream. Not a dream about an angel, but an actual angel entered the landscape of his dream. That is a huge thought on which to camp out. Think about the power of God that is exerted for this miracle to occur. In our humanness, we can't even begin to understand how this would be possible. To speculate on why Joseph received the visitation of an angel in such a peculiar way is meaningless. The Bible does not explain why the angel didn't just appear to Joseph in the conscious world like he did to Mary. The words of the angel to Zechariah echoes in our thinking, nothing is too hard for God. This manifested truth should instill both holy fear in us toward God and ultimate thanksgiving that the God of the universe, who has such power, is on our side. God was going to supernatural extra lengths to thwart the work of Satan to derail the delivery of the Christ child to earth. This is a huge reinforcement of the cheer that is ours at Christmas and throughout the year. Picking up in verse 22, it says, Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. With the pronouncement to Joseph of his instructions to follow upon confirming the condition of Mary, comes the teaching of Matthew that what took place historically in space and time was fulfillment of prophecy. Matthew made sure that we connect the dots from the events of the birth of Jesus to the fulfillment of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The birth name of the Christ child was to be Jesus, but the Bible is clear that many additional names were bestowed upon him as descriptive titles of his various attributes. In verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Joseph was an obedient man. He acted without hesitation, honored Mary's divinely created condition, and gave the child the assigned name. The immediate obedience is a fundamental spiritual attitude that every person in this Christmas story exhibits. The supernatural visitations and instruction continues for Joseph after the wise men leave. In order to get the full activity of Joseph as one of the guardians of the universe, we will fly over the wise men part of the story for now. Picking up in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, it says, After they were gone, talking about the wise men, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Here we have dream appearance number two. Another dream visitation by an angel. It was divine precognition warning of intended murder and instructions to protect the Christ child. The mind of God and his ability to see all and hear all both audibly and internally. In other words, he not only hears the speech of man, but he hears the thoughts of man was communicated to Joseph through the messenger of God, the angel. Once again, we see the immediate response of Joseph to protect mother and child. He gets Mary and the baby up at once and flees to Egypt right then in the middle of the night, fleeing for the purpose of seeking safety in flight. They were already displaced from their hometown by the forced reporting to their ancestral city for taxation. Now they are pushed further from home to flee to save the Christ child's life. 
beyond the jurisdiction of Herod, but still under Roman rule. So Joseph, Mary, and Jesus stayed in Egypt until Herod died. We know from history that Herod died in 4 BC. This Herod is the first Herod known as Herod the Great. We'll say more about this later. But Herod then had three sons who assumed different roles in power in the Roman government. Verse 16, Then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, because those who intended to kill the child are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and entered the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. This is Herod Archelaus, one of the sons of Herod. Again, evil like his father. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. Then he went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. Here we have dream appearance number three. Instructions to return to Israel with the news that the murderers were dead. Again, an angelic visitation in the midst of the dream. Matthew broadens our understanding that there was a plurality of people who wanted the Christ child killed. It wasn't just Herod. He says those who intended to kill the child are dead. The ringleader of the death hunt had died. Do you think that it's a coincidence? No. I think it's safe to reason that the death angel came for the one who murdered so many male babies. Dream warning number four does not specifically mention the appearance of an angel, so it most likely was communication within the dream by some other means. It's the fourth and final warning. It was affirmation of latent danger which prohibited the advancement to the intended destination of Judea. The rerouting to Nazareth, a city further north, fulfills prophecy. Wow, four supernatural dreams and serious warnings to Joseph within a brief period of time. The most direct communication from God to the guardians of the universe. Joseph was chosen by God to carry a lot of weight in securing the birth and survival of the promised Messiah who had finally come after hundreds of years of silence. 400 years. Then bam, 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 rapid fire interaction with a common man in love with a highly favored young woman. Aren't you glad he did the right thing at every juncture? You know, friend, he could have tucked his tail and run. He could have said, I didn't sign up for this great inconvenience. Let someone else do it. I'm out of here. But he didn't. He didn't balk. He didn't question. He didn't argue. He listened and immediately obeyed. Isn't it interesting that after he did such a stellar job of stepping up to the plate and hitting a home run on the safe delivery of the Messiah to the world, he faded from, he drops out of the story of Jesus early on. GotQuestions.org on the life of Joseph says, Joseph isn't mentioned in any of the stories of Jesus' adult ministry while Mary, his mother, occasionally is. The absence of Joseph in the stories of Jesus' ministry has led many to believe that Joseph died sometime between when Jesus was a young boy and when he launched his public ministry as an adult. The fact that Jesus, as he was dying, committed the care of his mother to John gives strong indication that Joseph had indeed passed away by that time. Friend, isn't that just like God? 
There are heroes of the faith, but there are no superstars. There's only one superstar in the Christian faith, and his name is Jesus. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.